Hey guys, this is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Much love. Aight. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Yeeting the ball down the field. The guy jumps out of the avocado pile. The referee was down the other aisle by water. Out of the stands comes the rock for the pin. Don't hate it, hydrate it. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast, we're going to bring you the latest Chargers news. We're going to be reviewing and previewing every single Chargers game of the season, and we're going to bring you the hottest takes around. We've already got some pretty steamy ones. There's some more coming up today. I'm joined by my three fantastic co-hosts. As usual, the gaffer, the man, Aquaman, as I call him, John Moss Jr., (laughs) Good evening, Bez. Uh, I'm just a bit concerned about you tonight, buddy. Uh, have you got indigestion there, having ate your hat earlier, Joey Bosa? <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> Tip, you're tipping the hat for what we got to talk about because, yeah, I'm feeling a bit full already from, from eating that, and I'll tell everyone why later. Unbelievable. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> roasting me already. Uh, I'm going to bring in Audible Chocolate, the man himself from all the way from Costa Rica, John Ayres. Buenos dias. It's good to be here on a beautiful sunny day here in Costa Rica. Uh, we've kind of already teased it just a little bit, but uh, Bosa resigned, and I couldn't be any happier. No, not happy. Not happy. And Mr. Wedding Bells on his way down the aisle, Dan King. Hey, guys. Good to be with you again. We're excited for you, mate. It's the big big week, isn't it? Yeah, just uh, eight days to go now. So next Thursday. Hey. So. Eight days to change your mind, Dan. <laughs> Shh, won't be listening. <laughs> what, are you, what are you all drinking tonight, guys? Well, you know, we uh, like to throw out a sponsor, and uh, obviously I'm a bit predictable with the old drinks. Well, we've got, we're mixing it up a bit tonight, so you've got to guess. First of all, the glass. Erdinger, Jurgen Klopp. You might have all seen the advert, but what's in the glass? Water. Correct. <laughs> there we go. Look at that for a beast. One litre German Stein full of ice cold water. Erdinger sponsored Council Pop. <laughs> You'll be up in the middle of the night, mate, for uh, full bladder at your, at your age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, is it coffee tonight? Come on, E. You know it's always coffee for me. I mean, you can't live here in Costa Rica and not enjoy the local fare. So today I'm enjoying another local roaster, a company called Bojio. They're located on the West Coast at a nice little touristy destination called Yaco Beach. Uh, like many of the local roasters, they source their coffees from the mountainous regions here because the elevation produces a great bean. Now, this coffee from them specifically is their medium to dark roast. It's about a seven on the roasting scale. <laughs> it's about a slight bitterness to it, but it does have a nice caramel and maybe a cherry kind of afternote to it. It's a wonderful, wonderful cup of coffee, and I highly recommend uh, this if you're in the Yako region. So, you know, that's what I got in the cup tonight, gents. <laughs> you know what, every time you just make me want coffee I don't even drink coffee and you make me want it every bloody time Dan what are you drinking? So I've got some strange green Fanta um, their new What to the Fanta campaign it's mystery flavour but I'm pretty sure that just means it's apple <laughs> <laughs> mystery flavour 
So I Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Green. It's the colour of money, which is what we're all about tonight on this podcast for, for obvious reasons. Um, I'm on water. I'm sorry. I've given up. Oh, Your wife's going to shout at me. Oh, I know. And there, there is a reason. I've turned one I'm, of you. Just two to go. It, it's really not not because of your pressure, mate. It's because I'm trying to desperately wash down this hat I've had to eat, as you brought up earlier. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I said Bose was definitely leaving. I was convinced we weren't going to be able to hold on to him. It would be a big saga. Um, he was going to go off to the, to the 49ers and be with his brother and dominate there. Anyway... Training camp's getting organised. If you've been following on Twitter, the charges are getting organised. People are coming in. Everyone probably saw what Melvin Ingham drove drove into camp in. Jesus. Watch Hard Knocks to, to see it if you haven't seen it already. And I thought, there's no Bosa. Twitter's whispering that he's going to be a holdout or we're all going to miss him. I'm like, I'm right. I know he's not going to come. And then they bloody well announced he'd signed. Unbelievable. So the contract details, gentlemen, he's got a five-year, 135 million dollar extension 102 million guaranteed that is a new nfl defensive record he's the highest paid non-quarterback in football he's coming back how do we feel uh it's, it's yeah yeah it's the right thing to do um if we're if we're serious about <clears throat> competing in the fc and making an impact in the playoffs you know he's a difference maker um if we didn't do that, he was going somewhere else, obviously. He's going to earn his money. Let's just uh, hope he stays healthy. To talk to your point about how Telesco handled the whole situation, I mean, this is just peak Telesco, in my opinion. No leaks, no rumors, just everybody sitting around waiting to find out what's going to happen next. I mean, the audacity of Telesco to put out a statement on Monday afternoon, that that I means I mean, he had a press conference, pulled in everybody. Media asked him, of course, "Hey, what's going on with Joey Bosa?" And he has the gall to say, "Nothing to share contract-wise on Joey Bosa." That's an exact quote from him. And then what happens Tuesday afternoon? Boom! Bosa becomes the highest-paid non-quarterback in the league. So. I guess, I mean, unless Joey Bosa calls up Tom Telesco and says, hey, let's get a deal done after that press conference, obviously this was working in the background. I mean, it's just Telesco trolling the media as he usually does. But you know what the biggest uh, factor to this is that I, I don't think anybody is really talking about, but I think needs to be said? It's Justin Herbert. I mean, we were paying Philip Rivers twenty plus million a year to play quarterback, and he was playing at a high level, but definitely not at the level at which he was playing. He was kind of over the hill. I'm sorry to say that. So we're paying him twenty plus million. Now we've got Justin Herbert in the locker room. His contract is twenty six million over four years. That's six and a half million a year for four years plus that fifth year option. That enables us to spend the money on such an important position like defensive end. I mean, if you think about it in terms of importance of positions in the NFL, you've got your quarterback, the gunslinger. You've got your offensive tackles, you know, the guys who protect the quarterback. And then you've got your defensive ends, the guys who pressure the quarterback. There they are, right there, top three most important. And I think, you know, it was just really important for us to get this deal done. 
Well, I obviously couldn't be happier with the news. I've got my new Navy Bosa jersey on. Um, pretty That's excited about it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, my new Navy Bosa <laughs> jersey is so clean. Oh. oh, man. So I've been back and forth with my wife on this. And I originally said, hey, I got to get a Navy jersey. They're just so clean. <laughs> And then I was like, no, wait, the tradition, I, I got to get a powder blue jersey. She's like, fine, we'll get a powder blue jersey. And now I'm just like, oh, I got to get a navy jersey. I mean, she's not going to be get happy both. with you at all. I think the navy you know, is my favorite. August 10th coming up. Maybe I'll just get both. Hey, babe, I'm getting both. <laughs> no, I don't think she likes that idea. Back, back to Bosa there for a minute. I, um, I completely agree with what you were saying, John. Not having Rivers, as sad as that may be, really does free up that money to go and get the guys, to keep the guys that we've got. Um, I mean, there's been suggestions today that Tom Telesco's already in talks with Keenan Allen as well. Um, so hopefully we get some more progress there and we lock up our guys for the future. Yeah, 100% agree, guys. Um I've got a little factoid for you that Adam Schefter shared on Twitter, and I absolutely loved it. Um, the late Alex Spanos bought the San Diego Chargers back in 1984 for $72 million. 36 years later, Joey Bosa gets a contract that includes $135 million. It's unbelievable, but you know he's worth it. We've got rumours that the salary cap might drop next season uh, after COVID, and the Chargers said, doesn't matter. You're too good. You're coming back. Um, the only negative is he made me eat my hat. So and, yeah. and the other thing is, don't forget, we'll get Keenan Allen on a, on the cheap because obviously he's only ranked top seventy seven. So <laughs> no, mate, he's my new one. He's going. He's going. <laughs> if I, it's like a, it's a reverse jinx. If I tell him they're going to go, they'll sign. Don't so. say that. I've got an Allen jersey in the post. <laughs> oh no, maybe I've jinxed you. Um, no, I, I think it's it's great and. Um, you know, you look at the top contracts, you've got um, Joey Bosa, he's only paid uh, a little bit more than Miles Garrett, who's uh, six months younger. Um, he's above, you know, Cali or Mack on an annual basis because his average is $27 million uh, per year for Joey Bosa. I just can't believe how much money the Bosas are going to earn themselves over the next five or six years in, in the NFL. It's absolutely unreal. Why wasn't I born into that family? They'd be taking over <laughs> Bank of America. Oh, it's unreal. But look, did you see the? I, sorry to talk about rivals, but did you see the uh, the Mahomes contract? He's he's what is it? Ten years, five hundred million dollars, and he's gone out and bought a stake of the. Is it is it the Kansas City uh, Royals baseball team that he's gone and bought? Well, no, he hasn't bought the team outright, um, but he just bought a minority ownership. He also bought a new Ferrari, so let's not go and say he's investing wisely in things. But you know what? <laughs> Yeah, Inc. a five hundred million dollar yep. contract. I think you're in the right to be a little frivolous. I'm absolutely delighted that the Chiefs are paying him that sort of money because that is going to hurt them going down the line. That's a fact, and that might play into some predictions we get later oh, about yes. that. Um, I'm going to flip it on its head. We mentioned uh, Dan. You mentioned your Keenan Allen jerseys on its way. Um, he feels it's uh, as was picked up on. He's been disrespected because the um, NFL Top 100 is is voted for by the players, and he was all the way down at 77. Immediately, he came on to Twitter to say that he was uh, tired of biting his tongue. He t- he tagged Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, and he tried to tag t- Chris Godwin and tag some random Chris Goodwin instead. <laughs> um, he, he said, 
you are not better receiver than me. Faster than me every day of the week, but separation, child please. He's put, I'm the best wide receiver in the AFC West without question. Um, it's, it started a bit of a feud because um, Evans has come back saying, no, you're not in my level. Um, but I wanted to throw it out there, guys. Where do you think Keenan Allen ranks in the... Uh, in the NFL, is he is he a top in the AFC West? Is he a top five overall? Do you drop him down a bit? Realistically, where is he for you? I think he's I think he's, he's top ten. It's hard to say top five with his stats, but what I do like is the fact that he's come out and and, and had a retort to this uh, ranking. Um, he did it last year with uh, EFL, uh, sorry NFL and Madden, didn't he? Now he's obviously um, very passionate about what he brings to the game and if that adds fire to his uh, belly great you know everyone's knocking the charges already the fan base will not do this will not do that keep knocking us keep knocking us because you're just going to wind our players up into a frenzy and then all hell's going to break loose on that opening game as I'm going to uh, predict later on in the uh, podcast so yeah you know if some people are thick skinned yeah water off a duck's back but Keenan's in his own you know he's got a right to say I'm better than what you guys predicting but at the end of the day it's um it's objective and the the stats will speak for themselves in, in 2020 yeah i think i've got him in the same range there too I, I don't think he is necessarily top five probably fringe top five uh but definitely no worse than top 10 i mean if you're looking at the best wide receivers in the league to me we're talking probably Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, um, and I'd probably include Devontae Adams in there, maybe make it a top four. Um, that, that's just kind of how I see it. I, I don't I don't see a lot of other wide receivers who are, you know, necessarily better than Keenan. I mean, they all have their warts. They all have their red flags at that point. And as for Mike Evans, come on. You're not even the best wide receiver on your team. I mean, you've got Chris Godwin there, who's a better athlete and a better route runner. I just, uh, it's hard for me to take that seriously. I mean, what's his best trait? He's a 50-50 guy. I mean, he's not even the best 50-50 ball guy in the league. I mean, what are you supposed to be? That's Mike Williams. Uh, Oh, I mean, (laughs) yeah, that's true. I mean, if you really think about it, though, it's just, it's really hard to not be the best at anything in the league and still be better than Keenan Allen. I mean, Keenan Allen is the best route runner in the league. He's got elite separation, and what he does for the team is just, frankly, irreplaceable. Now, I I know his one knock is that he doesn't have that burner speed. He's not a Marquise Brown. He's not uh, a Tyreek Hill kind of player. But, I mean, is that necessarily a bad thing? Yes, those types of players rack up the gaudy stats but yeah, i think what he does on the field is more important than just those stats i actually just saw something uh, on twitter and I, I retweeted it if you're following me at adroit airs hashtag audible chocolate um, from fantasy football 24 7 they did a research project on wide receivers who had sub 439 40s and then we're in the smaller bmi range so around 25 26 bmi so guys like tyreek hill michael hardman chris godwin all these guys are in that 26 BMI range. And what they showed was that they averaged about 11 and a half games per year. So it, these smaller guys who are fast are great, but they're going to miss time. You know, everyone likes to, yeah, everyone likes to uh, knock Keenan Allen for not being able to stay on the field. But 
he's played more games than Mike Evans. He's played more games than Tyreek Hill. I just don't think it's a problem. He had that, you know, two-year span where he had these two kind of really bad, gnarly injuries. But other than that, he's been very consistent on the field. And, you know, personally, I think that he's the guy who deserves to get paid. I mean, he he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver easily in this league at the end of the day. So you got to pay a guy like that. And my only concern, you know, is that, as you said, the cap might be going down. You know, is Telesco going to be able to carve out enough to pay him? I really hope so. Could be. Well, let's play a game, John. I've got a game for you all, in fact. Um, I'm going to read out some names of wide receivers, and I want you all to shout out yes, no, if you think yes, if you think they're better than Keenan, no, if you don't, and we're going to find out where we all think he ranks. Right, so number one, Michael Thomas, better than Keenan. Thomas or? is better. Thomas. Yes, is Michael Thomas. Yeah. Yes, is he's better than Keenan Allen. No, is he's not as good. So, Michael Thomas. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think we I think we all agree. Michael Thomas is one is easily DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. 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 Okay, Julio. Yes. Yes. Okay, so the best Keenan's fourth. We all agree there's a consensus top three. Mike Evans. No. 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 No, I'm glad we all agree on that. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. No. No. <sighs> I'm going to say no. He, he, he's elite at what he does. He scored mm-hmm. 17 long touchdowns. 17 touchdowns over 50 yards. And the nearest second place was 10. He's elite. He's fast. But he isn't an all-round wide receiver. He isn't going to beat anyone off the line of scrimmage with a quick twitch like Keenan. So I'm glad we all agree. Um, Devontae Adams. No. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I think he's got a lot going on, and he's a good route runner. I mean, i got to go yes there for sure. So we're all there or thereabouts, guys. We all think the same, that he's about the fifth or sixth best wide receiver in the NFL, um, and he's been uh, disrespected. I mean, Dan, you've got his jersey coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's there's one guy we've we've not mentioned at all in this who was, I'm pretty sure, rated higher than Allen in the... Top 100, which we all know is a popularity contest anyway, but it's someone like Odell Beckham Jr. He's not better than Allen, but he's graded higher than Allen in this top 100. It kind of goes back to the whole, and I'm going to swear, guys, brace yourself, Eli Manning situation. Uh, Why no, sorry. Just cleanse myself. I'm unclean. Um, You know, he wanted to be in a big market. And that shows you exactly there that Beckham Jr. is a global brand because of the market he chose to go into when he was drafted. Well, he didn't choose. He got drafted. But uh, you know, he went into that market. Whereas Keenan Allen's in a, in what was a smaller market in San Diego. Um, and I think hopefully LA is the kind of uh, exposure that will help someone like him. There's a name that we've omitted. Do we, do, I mean, has he actually retired? I don't know. Um, he only played one game last season. Who am I talking about? Maybe. But, you know, if he was still playing, yeah, if he was still playing, you look at his numbers, wow, <laughs> phenomenal. 2015, 1,800 yards, you know. He's had, I think, from 20, 2013 to 2018, his, his last year in, in Pittsburgh, he went over, he went for over 1,000 yards, uh, some seasons considerably, you know. Um, just went off the rail somewhat. Yeah, best player at his position for a couple of years, or at least in that conversation. Yeah, I think the baggage weighed him down. He got his his ego was bigger than his talent eventually, which is pretty challenging given how good he was. Um, but no, I think nowadays you you can't can't include him in the conversation. He's not in the NFL um, as as a star guy for the last few years. So no, Keenan Allen is top five. 
Um, Here's one more guy that has um, been put above Keenan Allen that we haven't mentioned. Number 49 on the top 100 is Amari Cooper. Come on, really? Is he even the best wide receiver on his own team? C.D. Lamb's better than him now. Well, he has improved. He has... He, he, he has improved since he's. Do you know what? I, I drove drafted him. He was okay. He blew up a few few weeks. He was a bit anonymous a few weeks. Came good, I think in the playoffs um, stat wise before he got blazed out two years ago. Um, but I think CD Lamb's better than him. Um, t- more talented, and he's a former dirty. Shall I swear again? No, I'm not going to say the name of the team. Raider. <clears throat> We've predicted that uh, Mike Dobbs going to have a breakout here, didn't we? So. <laughs> Greatest Let's see how contested that pass catcher in the league. <laughs> Johnny Ayers isn't having on that. Right, guys, we're off to a big segment now. So I've teased it. Um, I've got our listeners all excited. We've had some you know, cheeky tweets coming through and a, a message about this, but it's finally here. We're going to kick off our big feature of making some predictions. We're going to start off with the quarter one of the season. Uh, first four games, there's, there's um, very likely... Am, am I right in thinking the preseason is 90% confirmed to be cancelled. We're not going to see pre-season action, very likely, from what I'm hearing. So, no pre-season action, so we're going to go straight into uh, the regular season. What we're going to do here in this segment is we're all going to talk about uh, the first four games of the Chargers regular season, who we think is going to shine, the matchups we're looking forward to, what areas can we attack, have we got any weaknesses that the opposition will attack, and then at the end, we're all going to put our necks in the line and come up with our predictions, what we think the scores will be and what we think the record will be coming out of the first quarter of this year. So let's kick it off. Week one, we are at the Cincinnati Bengals, guys. Um, We are going to the Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, We're going to see probably Tyrod up against the rookie Joe Burrow. I think we've mentioned it before. It's billed as Herbert Burrow, but we don't think Herbert very unlikely to start. Um, week one so come on what what are who you think is going to shine what do you think the key points are the best matchups you're looking for guys well this this two <laughs> joey bosa coming a hot off that um lucrative contract he's going to be out to make a name for himself against uh mr burrow isn't he mr bro's first sack will be by joey bosa so i think i think that'll be a fun matchup but the thing I'm looking forward to most is looking at our elite secondary, um, picking off Joe Burrow and just basically shutting him down. Um, I think this is a brilliant uh, fixture for us to uh, kick off the new campaign. We've got a lot um, to live up to. I don't think there's a great deal of pressure on the team, but I do think there's a great deal of pressure on Anthony Lynn. You know, he had he had bit of a, a bit of a blot on his copybook last season for, for, for various reasons which we've mentioned before they're well documented um so it's imperative that we get off to a great start uh, in 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 uh, Cincinnati and I just think that the you know we keep talking about the defense but I think that the common denominator is 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 how we uh stop Joe Burrow um make his life a misery I mean you've got AJ Green who only played nine games last season uh Joe Mixon um 1100 yards in his last two years. There's not a great deal of threat other than that from the Bengals. Uh, speaks for itself, really. T- 2 and 14 record last year. 
this is a great time to be playing them. Zach Taylor, is he really the man to lead Cincinnati forward? Well, they, they think so. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he doesn't last the season out, if, if they replace him halfway through the season. It's going to be a long, old year for the Bengals. But we've got to, we've got to do what we need to do up there. And I, and I think um, it, it all starts with getting to their quarterback and setting the tempo. Yeah, so um, I have a bit of a scouting report that I put together here on the Bengals, and uh, Waz, you did a great job covering a lot of these points, but uh, there are two big question marks for me on this team that I think are going to be answered pretty quickly. Uh, number one is the rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow. I mean, coming into the uh, the NFL, playing quarterback is not an easy thing to do, and they don't really have an option. I mean, they, they moved on from Andy Dalton for cap reasons. Uh, so there's really only some sophomores uh, behind him at this point. So I think that's kind of a risky situation uh, for him to come into. And against the Chargers, that's uh, not exactly the ideal situation to bring your young quarterback up into the league. So, you know, um, with his young head coach as well, it's, it's going to be an interesting transition. For sure. I mean, when you bring in a younger head coach uh, with his new staff coming in to really shape this new quarterback, I'm really curious to see how this turns out. And, you know, like I said before, that Chargers defense looks elite this year. So good luck, rookie. Um, another thing that I want to bring out are the strengths of this team is definitely Joe Mixon, the running back. He is really, really talented. I think this is the year that they lean on him and give an opportunity to be that bell cow back that I think he can really be. You know, in fantasy, I'm buying a lot of stock in him. He's a Le'Veon Bell light for me uh, because of his running ability and his ability to catch passes out of the backfield. Another thing I have in here um, that's a positive for the Bengals is their defensive line. I, I really like their defensive line. It's a very solid unit. They're able to get pressure on the quarterback while at the same time also plugging up those running lanes. I think that with could give us some real trouble considering our offensive line issue. So, you know, something to watch is going to be that offensive line versus their defensive line competition. And finally, um, I, I want to touch on the wide receivers. I think there is a really good group of pass catchers on this team. When you've got guys like A.J. Green, who is a top 20 wide receiver when healthy, uh, Target Hog, like Tyler Boyd, who kind of reminds me like a Jarvis Landry. Um, he's on the team there. He's going to suck up a lot of targets. He's able to catch the ball, get open in space, and, and, and hurt you if you can't get him down. And finally, they brought in a nice young rookie, T. Higgins, a guy I think has a lot of potential and a lot of upside in this league, probably the A.J. Green replacement in the future. But I think you get all those pass catchers together and you've got yourself one heck of a unit. The big problem for Cincinnati, in my opinion, is going to be their offensive line. I mean, they have a very poor offensive uh, group that's going to have to try to protect this rookie quarterback. So, you know, you can say all day you've got a great running back and you've got yourself a great um, wide receiver core, but if that quarter, if that rookie is not getting any time to, you know, set his feet and make his reads, I think he's going to find himself in a lot of trouble, especially when he's got Bosa and Ingram coming at him from each side. Uh, I see a lot of sacks and a lot of uh, interception potential here because of that. Uh, one more thing I want to touch on is the defensive backs uh, 
for the Bengals. I think that this is kind of a weak group. There's no really cornerback or safety that really scares me. And I can see the Chargers capitalizing on that uh, with a nice little dump play to Austin Eckler in the flat or even some 50-50 balls up to Mike Williams. So that's how I read the game. And I'll, I'll chip in with a couple of comments, but I'm pretty sure, John, you've covered absolutely everything on the Bengals there. Um, I had written down, um, I'd got some pros for the Bengals, some cons for the Bengals and some unknowns. Pros being Joe Mixon, who I think will be the player to shine for them. For us, I, um, as was said, I think it'll be a big game for Bosa. Um, cons for the Bengals is their O-line. Um, PFF actually had them ranked lower than us. Um, which is saying something as they had us as 30th and the Bengals as 31st. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we definitely have them. I think, I think it was Dolphins at 32. That's crazy. Um, and then uh, I think who, the... Who? I think it was, the, I think the, it was the Dolphins. I think oh, it was no. the Dolphins. Oh, no. Nah, Gippy Hip, that's <laughs> not good. Yeah, so I'd cut um, the underperforming uh, Burrow, I think, uh, I think we're all in agreement there. And I think our O-line from our side of things, just as you've mentioned, John, their D-line and their defense in general is is decent. Uh, I think their D-line is better than our O-line. And I could see it being quite a close game, but a few mistakes extra coming from the Bengals, specifically from Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I think Joe Burrow stepping into this situation with no preseason, not a lot of time with the team and... He's definitely starting week one because it's not. It's certainly not going to be Ryan Finley, is it? Come on. Um, so he's getting thrown in the deep end, and and as was said, he's getting you know matched up with this ridiculous defense we've got going on and the return of Derwin James. I can't wait. That's all I'm going to watch. I will watch nothing else but Derwin James all game. Um, he's coming up against him and Joey Bosa coming in at him and ingram in a contract year trying to get paid the dollar that everyone else is getting paid so um i think poor joe burrow is going to get taken out but i also think there will be highlights on nfl.com of joe burrow showing his quality because uh, he's a talented quarterback i think he's going to go along he's going to get aj green tyler boyd open in, in in the deep a little bit while we work things out uh, especially at cornerback while we figure that out early doors I think a lack of a preseason means this game is going to be closer than it should be with such a terrible team as the Bengals, um, and I think we're going to have to go down the field and you know, score a field goal to to win it. Um, probably a, a hot take, but I, I won't tell you which way I've decided that's going to go um, until the end. Um, but I think the big name is going to be um, the Chargers running back S. Eckler. I think he is going to feast not up the middle. If they try him on at the middle. DJ Reader, Juno Atkins are going to destroy him. But if we get him out in the flat, are you really telling me Jordan Evans, Jermaine Pratt, you know, Trey Waynes are going to bring down one of the best open field runners with the ball in his hand in the NFL? I don't see it happening. I think he'll go long. Um, I think he's going to hit 100, 120 yards in the game. That, there you go. Put, I've put that on the line. I agree, John. I think we're going to get plenty of sacks, lots of pressure. Um, Joe Burrow is going to have an uncomfortable day. Um, but at the same time, I think Tyrod will struggle. I think one of the narratives in this game will be why couldn't we burrow? Why couldn't we bury Burrow uh, early doors? Um, because I think Tyrod and our bad O line will get taken down by Dunlap um, and the other the rest of their D line, and we will struggle to put early points on the board. So, you know, that's my take won't give you the way I decided it till the end. Um, but let's move on. Game two. 
Do you know where we're going? Remind me, was where are we? Week two. Oh, we're at home against those Kansas City Chiefs. So, spoiler alert: you, you will have all read my three reasons to charge the sweep the Chiefs in twenty twenty. But you know, I, I've been banging on about this. I, I I love the psychological aspects of sport. Uh, you can have the talent, but I love the psychology. And there's a number of things that are at play for myself. The Chiefs, they're going to win the Super Bowl probably once or twice. I, I'd say in the next five or six years. That's what that's that's what my my prediction is. Andy Reid's going nowhere. He's at the helm of the of the of the Chiefs uh, ship for some time to come. Okay, is the pressure on the Chiefs to go and attack the Super Bowl and retain it? I don't think so. Are they going to be as hungry as what they were last season? Possibly. However, first game in our new stadium. We got beat up badly last year in the FC West. Coach Lynn, as I've already mentioned, I think he's under pressure to come out of this season with a winning record. And I just think that whole mentality, if I'm sat in the Chiefs locker room now, we've already beaten the Chargers and the Broncos and the Raiders. And I think that could be their downfall. We've seen it before uh, with teams that have, have got this sort of mentality whereby um, we, we, because we've won the Super Bowl and we've got these big names and we've got a quarterback on a monumental contract, we've already won. We've already said nobody can run hot until about weeks four or five. There's no pre-season. They're going to be starting cold. Uh, I can't remember the Chiefs have got in week one, but if we can build on the momentum from from our uh, uh, week one uh, road trip, I think we've got a real good chance. People are looking really hungry. Derwin James is back. Derwin James and Kenneth Murray in the middle of that D, holding the uh, the uh, Chiefs running game. I think that's going to be pivotal. We'll have to do what we need to do when we've got the football, but I think it's all about us stopping the Chiefs' offence. And if we can do that, again, we're going to be relying on our elite secondary. Um, Bosa, hopefully, can build on some uh, a good performance with Melvin Ingram from that first game. I don't know. I just It just feels right that this is a good time to be playing the Chiefs. Um, it's there. You know, let's, let's, see. let's see how it pans out. I'm probably one of... Five to ten percent of charges that think we can win this game, but I'm I'm, I'm definitely optimistic, and it's not. Oh, I think we can edge it. I think, I think it'll be a close game, but I, I'm completely one hundred percent confident that we can win. You know, I love that confidence. Was I mean maybe a little displaced, but uh, I love the confidence. I, I do think the Chargers coming into this game feeling pretty good about themselves. I think they have a really good performance in week one versus the Bengals. And I think they build on that. I think that they come into this uh, with a lot of excitement and positivity. Unfortunately, while you talk about the Super Bowl hangover, I actually think there might be some sort of an opposite effect playing here. What I mean by that is the Chiefs are returning about 95% of their current players. That is a, a lot of continuity, which I think is going to play out very nicely for them, given that there is a shortened preseason and there's not going to be any preseason games. So, you know, while other teams are scrambling to get their footing, I think the Chiefs are going to come in saying, hey, we've got a bunch of live reps already with these guys playing together. We don't really have to learn anything new. We're just going to go out there and did what we did last year. Chargers, on the other hand, are going to be coming in 
And they're going to be trying to install new ideas on offense and defense. And I think that could be detrimental to them. I mean, they're coming in with replacing their quarterback and installing a whole new idea around a run first offense with RPO and other type deals, as well as a defense where they're trying to add in some more aggressiveness some more cover too. So I think they're not going to have anything more than just a, what, a single game of live reps. And I think that's really going to hurt them coming into a game with, with so few reps. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, we've got tape on the Chiefs. Like you said, 98% of the roster are coming back. So I suppose that we could say we, we missed this with the Bengals. We're not going to have a great deal of scouting tape on the Bengals. You've already said it. We're installing new pieces on, on both sides of football. Are the Chiefs going to have enough tape unless they're hidden in a bush, you know, doing a, another team, uh, I spy, you know, to actually find out what we're doing. So, again, I'll counter that by saying we're, we're relatively unknown. Okay, yeah, I get that, but the Chiefs don't win with their defense, sure. They put together a few good defensive games last year, but that's just not how they win. They win with offense. If they're going to win a second championship in a row, it's going to be on the back of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and that group. You know, I, I get what you're saying, that it's it could be a hindrance that they don't have the Chargers' new offensive uh, scheme on tape, but... Ultimately, I just don't think that's going to be a big deal. I actually have their defense as a question mark. I mean, cornerback, linebacker, edge, none of those guys really scare me. Um, what you can say about this team is that there's almost no question marks on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, from quarterback to wide receiver to tight end, I mean, they are just loaded on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, if you could point to one area that maybe is a question mark on the offense, it's the running back with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being the starter now that Damian Williams has opted out. But still, Andy Reid compared him to Brian Westbrook, a better Brian Westbrook. That personally scares me. You know, for me, I guess it really comes down to do I think that this new look Chargers defense, who most of them are returners, but they now have only played together as this unit for one full game, you know, can they buckle up and really put a stop to this Chiefs offense? That's the question. They've got the Texans opening game. Yes, uh, they get to play Thursday night, uh, home opener. Yeah. That is because yeah. they are the Super Bowl champions, and the Super Bowl champions always get to open the season on Thursday night. So something that does bring up, though, is the fact that the Chiefs are actually going to have extra time to prepare for this new-look Chargers offense. And, you know, no offense. I, I really do have high hopes for this team. I have high hopes for Tyrod Taylor. If you read my article on, on chargedupbolts.com, you'll know that I have a lot of high hopes for him. I just don't think that the offense is going to be what carries this team to potentially making the playoffs. I think if it's going to be anything, it's going to be the defense. That defense is going to have to carry us. So I think that you know when it comes to the Chargers and the Chiefs, if we have to get into a big offensive race with them, we're going to lose that every time. Now the chargers have had success on defense in the past, uh, keeping Mahomes to average numbers. That doesn't mean we've, you know, made him look bad, but we've made him look league average, which is honestly kind of a win as a defense. So for me in this game, the key question mark is not the offense. It's can our defense slow down the chiefs enough to give us a chance? How about you, Dan? So um, I, again, with, um, with the Chiefs, as I did with the Bengals, went through what I think their pros, their cons and their unknowns are. Unknowns, as we've all mentioned, is there going to be any kind of Super Bowl hangover? Now, is that a real thing? Who knows? 
Um, it's definitely affected teams before, but there are teams that have just powered straight through. So uh, it's as much a real thing as the Madden curse. So, um, But their, their strengths, I think, the people that are going to shine are their speedsters against our secondary. Now, I love our secondary, but we can't really lie about the fact that Haywood and Harris aren't, aren't the youngest guys out there. Um, I do think this will be a great game for Doan James to really kind of establish himself again as one of the elite players in the league, getting a fresh start against against Patrick Mahomes. Um, concerns for the Chiefs. Um, as you've mentioned, John, there I've written down corners and linebackers. I don't really think there's much there. They've got, what, Bashard Breland? I don't think he's going to have a fantastic game, but it's will Tyrod be able to take advantage of that? Will he have the time to do what he wants will he be up to speed um because let's let's face it it's going to be Tyrod. it's not going to be herbert um we we hope um and i i just don't see this being a fantastic matchup for us across the board with the exception of a few key players who might get their their moments yeah i, th- I think i'm i'm right with you there i'm terrified of this game I'm not even sure I can sit and watch it Uh, have they lost anybody anybody absolutely at all I think did they lose Fuller from from the Super Bowl winning team backup left tackle went Emmanuel Ogbo went to the Dolphins whoopee doo this team has come back it is the Super Bowl team they are they played more recently than anyone else they're going to be prepared and you know we've got our guy on big bucks, but they've got their guy on even bigger bucks um, in Patrick Mahomes. That that offense is just terrifying, isn't it, John? You you brought up the point that Patrick Mahomes he's not behind the best line in the world. To be fair, I mean there's some there's some talent there, but it's not fantastic. It's not the work the best in the league. Yeah, I think uh, PFF has them at 15, so top it's half. It's reasonable, much better than ours, I, I would mean, say. <laughs> better than ours, but you know you've got Eric Fisher. Austin Retta, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, fantastic. But, you know, the others are some guys that, that perform well. But when you have Patrick Mahomes, elusive, talented, you've got Tyreek Hill streaking down. Sammy Watkins is a talent still. Tra- Travis Kelsey, my God, he just stresses me out because he's the, the top tight end in the league for me. Um, Macaulay Hardman, you know, it's a very talented offense. Their D, we've, we've identified, is pretty average. They've lost Fuller. It hasn't got pass rush. It isn't that exciting. Um, but does it need to be against Tyrod? Really? Um, I think some of the, uh, uh, you know, our O-line and Tyrod are not going to light this up. It's going to be, you know, relatively low-scoring affair from our side, I, I feel. Um, the only hope I have, and I love him, don't get me wrong, Rivers, but <laughs> Rivers and the Chiefs' defence didn't mix very well. Um, they just had his number. And I think they'll be less prepared and less able to take advantage and shut us down so you know what it's going to be a great game it's going to be um if we can if we can win it and we can dethrone the uh, super bowl champions in the first divisional matchup then you know uh, fantastic but um it's going to be tough and we're going to be have to be on our game um right so next in the schedule guys the Chargers, fresh off of uh, a home game against Kansas, are staying home to face the Carolina Panthers, who have Cam Newton no more. But I personally, I don't think they're as bad as, as everyone made out. I mean, 
you know, everyone said, oh, with, with, they could be in rebuild mode. And if you look at their D, yes, you know, I don't mind saying that they've got a pretty awful D line. There's no big names that I like. I mean, if you're starting Trey Boston at free safety, maybe a bit harsh on Trey Boston, but come on, they're, they're not, they're, they're rebuilding. I love Shaq Thomas. Um, he's one of my uh, guys that I wanted to draft a few years ago for his versatility, but he hasn't lit it up. He's a pretty average uh, linebacker. So this is our opportunity to say, what has Tyrod done in the first two games? Is, is, is the pressure on him and he's lost two games and he has to come up and open up his playbook and stop being cautious and throw the ball down the field? Or have we done well and we've done a was is correct and we've beat the Chiefs and actually he can just pick apart this well below average defence. Either way, I think we can control the game. We can control our scoring. And really, I like Teddy Bridgewater as well. And I think he's going to be better. And I think their offence is going to be better than people expect. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, the dangerous Christian McCaffrey. You've got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I, like, I always draft Robbie Anderson in fantasy. Don't take notes, guys. You know, don't want you nicking, nicking him from me in the 14th round or anything. But I think he can have a great year. Um, they've, they've got Russell Lacoon. wonder where he came from but I don't think they're going to be as bad as people make out I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be better than people say but I think their D is their weakness and we're going to dominate them in the matchups from skill position to against cornerback and safety yeah I think uh, I'll I'll, um, I'll buy into Teddy Bridgewater seldom does he uh, turn the football over 25 interceptions from uh, 34 starts. Um, he came in and did a job last year in the Saints. I thought he did a phenomenal job. It went 5-0, and only through two picks. He's a bit like Tyrod in the fact that ball security is something that you, you may not have to worry about from a coach's uh, standpoint. Um, obviously, McCaffrey, brilliant. Um, but that's where the positive ends for me with the, uh, with, with, with the Panthers. I think these... This is a franchise that could end up with a top six pick in 2021. If you look at last season's record, they finished, they went on a horrendous run. One and nine, they finished the season with. Um, and their opening games uh, against the Raiders and the Buccaneers, uh, obviously Raiders on the rebuild, the, the, the Bucks are the Bucks. We know what's happening down there. Uh, so they, they could end up coming into this game 0-2. Uh, Matt Rule, is college records, 47-43. Is either is either head coach to take the Panthers forward? I think there's question marks over him, as there is with Zach Taylor and the Bengals. I just think this is a team that, although they've got they've got pieces around the the chessboard, I just don't think they're going to be strong enough. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're not a team I can buy into uh, in twenty twenty. I think after the first two games of getting things together against Cincinnati and Kansas City. I think this game is the game where the offense puts it together. I think that, you know, after having two live games to really get gelled and really figure out who they are as an offense, this game is going to be one where you're going to be able to actually move the ball. We're going to be probably going to have time to actually run plays. And I I think that they're just going to kind of finally come into their own here. Of the first four games of the season, this is easily the worst defense they're going to get to play against. And, you know, I think someone who's really going to step up here is going to be Tarod Taylor. I mean, there's a chance that we come into this game 0-2 after poor uh, showings in those first two games. At that point, 
Gerard might be playing for his job. And, you know, it, he probably was playing that kind of conservative, steady Eddie game manager, most likely. And I think this would be the game that he's going to get aggressive and, and really go for it. And, you know, <laughs> you might have joked about him earlier, but uh, Trey Boston, I believe, is the highest graded from a PFF standpoint defensive back on this team. I, so if you're going to get aggressive, this is the secondary to get aggressive against. I think Tarad could have a good game. I think Mike Williams probably has a good game. Keenan Allen probably has a good game in general. I, I think the offense is, is really positive here. And I think they're going to have a great game all around. As far as Carolina's offense goes, I think, you know, the focal point here is going to be their new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Now I like, Teddy coming out of college. I thought he had a good landing spot uh, in Minnesota. I had high hopes for him. And then that gruesome injury in practice really derailed his career. I mean, that thing was pretty nasty. I, I've seen the the practice footage, and you, you see players who were there who witnessed the hit and what happened just in tears. These are big, massive men who've seen major, major collisions in tears. That's how bad that was. And, you know, all kudos to him for coming back and, you know, trying to restart his career. But since he's, he was never really a, a mobile quarterback before that. So he's even less so now. And, you know, his arm, you know, it's solid arm, good, strong, solid arm. Accuracy is pretty good. For me, it's really between the ears. He is, uh, and I don't remember who coined this name, but he's kind of a tentative Teddy. He does not like to take risks. And, you know, in uh, New Orleans, he had offensive system that set up to give him big windows to throw into. I, I think he's not going to get the same kind of treatment there in Carolina. You know, if, if he's going to have success this year, it's going to be dumping it off to Christian McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey doing what Christian McCaffrey does. Um, you know, and that is, is the scary part of this offense for the Chargers. The Chargers have a long history of being gashed by running backs who are good receivers coming out of the backfield. I mean, James White has killed us. Even guys like Philip Lindsay, who I don't even think is that good, um, really made us look bad um, coming out of the backfield and catching the ball. So I think if anyone's going to really make us look bad, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Uh, as far as uh, wide receivers go, you know, I just... I, I, I'm not that impressed. DJ Moore, he's a good receiver. I, I think that, um, you know, he's probably easily the best offensive weapon they have besides Christian McCaffrey. Yes, they have Curtis Samuel there. I think he is a good receiver. Uh, word is he's moving back to the slot, which is great. Uh, and then Robbie Anderson, you know, um, <laughs> you can keep him personally. I, I have no desire to draft him in the 10th round or even the 100th round, really. I'm not really. You can have him as long as I can have McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, sure. That makes sense. Um, you know, and then they also have what was the tight end, Ian Thomas, young, unproven guy, hasn't really had a lot of reps. So who knows where that's going to go? I just, to me, this is not really an offense uh, that's, that's, scares me too much, just like the defense doesn't scare me. I mean, all around, I think PFS has them rated as the 29th best offense in the league. I mean, that's not very good. So for me, this feels like one of those games that I think the Chargers are going to be able to put it all together. The offense, the defense, I think everything kind of comes alive. And, you know, spoiler alert, I think this offense scores the most offensive touchdowns that they do in any of the first four games. So the Panthers are probably the team other than the Chargers that I have seen the most game of in the past five seasons, maybe six seasons. I think I've watched every Panthers game. Um, 
and I really don't know what to expect from them this year. Um, they've got, as everyone's mentioned, DJ Moore. No one has mentioned Curtis Samuel, and he's just as fast. He's underappreciated, but you put DJ Moore on one side, Curtis Samuel on the other, with Christian McCaffrey through the middle, and Robbie Anderson there as well. Um, they've got a lot of speed and a lot of options there. Now, um, John, you mentioned Ian Thomas. He's kind of... He's just been there for... Well, this is his third season, um, after two behind Greg Olsen. Now that Olsen's gone, I think um, Thomas needs to step up, but I don't think he will. Um, just my opinion on him is fairly low. Um, I think he's going to be the, the one player to underperform for them in this game against us. Um I agree with you there, Dan. I mean, Ian Thomas, when he came in, had a lot of hype around him, but, you know, Greg Olson was there and Greg Olson kind of just didn't want to leave. So he didn't really get a lot of reps. And this is essentially kind of a rookie season for him. And tight end is one of the hardest positions to kind of transition to. We usually see about a two to three year window before tight ends really break out. So I don't have a lot of high hopes Even for Even when Olson was out injured over the past couple of seasons, it was still... Thomas was there, but he didn't really take off. And it was players like, uh, what was it, Manhurts, who was even getting reps ahead of Thomas. Um, I think the player that's going to shine for the Panthers is Brian Burns, though. Like, he's, again, not really spoken of. He he flashed brilliance at the start of last year and then faded a bit. Uh, I think he injured his hand. Um, I think he injured his hand celebrating, um, is what I, what, I think, what I think I remember. Um but he's 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 an elite rusher on his day, and I think against our O line he could see quite a bit of success. But that could just lead to success for Eckler with Tyrod maybe dumping the ball off to Eckler. Um, I think I can't remember if the Panthers kept James Bradbury or lost James Bradbury um, at the end of last season. Um, so he Did now he plays for the Big Giants Bucks somewhere. Yeah, the Giants. Yeah, he's had him for he's lots now with the money. Giants. So they've they've they're down to I think it's Dante Jackson and some rookies at corner. Um, so there's there's definitely the potential there for us to take advantage of that. I've actually written about the Panthers in my piece that is going up on the website within the next couple of days. Um, so I've delved into this a bit more on there. Love it. Well, check out that piece on charge.box.com. Um, got some more content coming your way. Uh, and our magazine's getting launched soon, which you'll love. But before we... Uh, Wrap things up, we have one more game in the first quarter, and that is against the New England... Pe- no, no, it's not. Hold on, what's going on? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but Tom Brady's quarterback. What's going on there? <laughs> um, <laughs> and Rob Gronkowski. Do you know what, right? This game is ridiculous. You've got Tom Brady having signed for them, who is definitely not the GOAT Uh I don't care what you say. But anyway, um, they've got Mike Evans at wide receiver. Chris Godwin opposite him. Rob Gronkowski out of retirement, having left the WWE. Was he not a champion in his one appearance or something? Yeah, he's something called the uh, 24-hour champion. So I don't really follow WWE, um, but I saw an article saying that he was some sort of champion. So I had to find out. And I guess the 24-hour champion is some sort of belt that is on the line 24 hours a day, hence the name. So I guess, you know, if you're shopping in, in the local market and a guy jumps out of the avocado pile and pins him, <laughs> they become champion. But uh, I saw the, the footage of that, and it was kind of impressive. He jumped out of a 
elevated hosting kind of area onto a bunch of guys got the pin in the win. So, you know, it was, you know, I'm sure a big shining moment for, for Gronk, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest achievements of his, of his career, probably bigger than any of those Super Bowls Cause he got to do this on his own. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's lost it since, but that was, that was his WrestleMania moment. That was, um, that was something. The, 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 ref, the referee was down the other aisle buying water. I tell you. <laughs> I would have loved to see on that very first play, Brady drops back, looks Gronk's way, and then, oh, out of the stands comes The Rock for the pin. I mean, that would absolutely make the game for me. I mean, And let's not sleep on The Rock. I mean, he played for the Miami Hurricanes, and he was a pretty good prospect towards the end of his college career. Unfortunately, he had an injury issue that kind of kept him out. But uh, Can we sign him just for this one game? I would just die and go to heaven to see that happen. The people's elbow in the middle of the field. Get in. Just bring back someone like Terry Crews for a game. That'd be amazing. Um, but have you actually seen the, the Buccaneers tight ends guide? I mean, they have the, Gronkowski, fair enough, but they then have the underused, underappreciated OJ Howard, who I think I've drafted every year for the last three years to see him be underused. Oh, ridiculous. And then Cameron Bray, who always overachieves because of that. But that is a cracking three. Um, just unreal. Their entire offense depending on Brady's age and if he's performing although he seems to look he always looks like he's drunk from the fountain of youth I think he's regressing in age not quality not talent um so their O-line their um their offense is is, is quality it's, it's ready for a Super Bowl run if Brady can sustain it which is the big question their O-line on the left hand side is pretty pretty impressive they've got a rookie Tristan Wirfs coming on the right hand side so it's going to be above average um, for me protecting uh, Brady was one of their key commitments when they went into the draft and the off season in general and I didn't even realise I was wondering where Sue was and he's turned up here at the Bucks, um, Vita Vea, oh Jason Pierre-Paul, who used to be at the Giants, William William Golston. This team yeah. is is just stacked. I love Devin White, who I think is related to Kazir White. Is he not? Is he one of the three brothers? There's a wide receiver who plays for the Bears. There's Devin, and then there's um, Kazir White for us. So I think there's three Whites. They've got them, Levante, David. Their team, apart from on the back end, safety and cornerback, is absolutely stacked and ready for a Super Bowl run. So um, I think we're going to have to attack them. We're going to have to get after Brady and his lack of mobility. We're going to have to attack the, the rookie on the right-hand side, get at him. I still think it'll be a challenge. I think they will move down the ball, the ball down the field like Brady always does, methodically, with the talent he has. He always has the ability for... Um, for the long ball, it's contested with Mike Evans, who we've agreed is very average, um, and Chris Godwin's pace... But I think we're going to have to be bold. We're going to have to match. If you don't match a Brady team, score for score, you end up behind and you end up losing. So I think this will be our the big challenge. Um, and we're going to have to see what Tyrod really can do. And this, for me, given their ability to pressure, stop the run, they've got fast, agile linebackers, is going to be Mike Williams all over. Can Mike Williams go up and get the ball against a pretty average safety and cornerback Buccaneers team and go and win us the game or can he not produce um, that would be the narrative for me on this one I think uh, you stole the most of my script there Bez um, I'm really interested to see what happens with the books. I, I, I love um, Bruce Arians I think he's he's got a he's, he's a great leader um, he seems to get the most out of his players when he can but and there is a but 
if you look at their record last season, they were very up and down. I mean, they went on a four-game run, uh, sort of the second half of the season. But I was at the Tottenham Stadium watching them play uh, a poor Panthers team. It's like how, I came away. as how on earth did the Buccaneers lose that game? Um, they, they they put a you know they lost a further two games and then they 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 put a run together, but then they lost at the Falcons um, on the last game of the season overtime. I mean, they finished with the third-ranked offense in the NFL, and arguably, you, 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 you could argue that Brady and Gronk have, have have added to that. I'm not saying that they're brilliant uh, in, in you know because of the age that they're at, Gronk with his injuries, but you could argue it's an upgrade. And Bruce Arians will get the most out of those. But I think I think the Bucks have got great potential, but I also think they're a, they're a hit and miss team, and. Teams are going to play the Buccaneers and it's going to be like, we got tripped up by the Bucs, uh, we, we fell short. And this is a real danger game for me. Um, Brady's, obviously, throughout his career, he's been phenomenal against the Chargers. I don't think he's ever lost. Uh, and that always hangs over the doubt. I think that the, the Chargers need to get one over him just, just to, to get that one out of the way. But yeah, I think they're a really hit and miss team, the Bucs. Um, they are 5-14 to 14 to make the playoffs. So somebody fancies them somewhere. Um, I think the only the only part of the uh, of New England they did bring down was uh, was um, the head coach. But Arians is his own man, and I, th- I think he'll, he'll he'll do a decent job there. You know, Waz, I think it's really interesting that you think that of the first four games, this is the one that kind of really gets you edgy at the most. I mean, I guess we've all read your piece by now about how you believe they're gonna sweep the Chiefs. So. I mean, that explains that, but, you know, I, I guess to me, this, this is also the, the game that kind of puts me on the most edge, you know, probably because I, I don't have as much faith as, as the, you with us at beating Kansas city. So I think this is of the winnable games. This is kind of the game that probably scares me the most is can we win it? Can we not? But in regards to the Bucks, I think there are two question marks on this team, albeit probably not the biggest question marks. Uh, those are going to be, I think, John, you hit this on the head, that are cornerbacks. I, it's not a group that really scares me. Uh, but other than that, I, I would say it's the running back room that doesn't really scare me at all. I mean, I'm a USC guy, so I've seen Ronald Jones play, and I've seen him in the league, and he just eh, he's just a guy. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, I've got him in quite a few of my dynasty leagues for fantasy, but in in actual football, he, he again he's just not an asset that that really scares me. Um, and then they went and picked up the corpse of LaShawn McCoy, so I mean it, it kind of just feels like a mess there. The Chargers have traditionally been burned by teams with a, a good running back room, guys who can you know pound the ball up the middle and who can catch the ball coming out of the backfield. But I just don't see that as being a strength. So I think yep. that's a positive for us. Uh, I will say, though, one guy I think could be a deep sleeper in fantasy is uh, Dare Ogunwale. I hope I said his name right. Um, young guy, good pass catching back. I think he could be kind of like a James White light uh, for Tom Brady in this offense. So m- maybe a fantasy guy to keep in mind. Still, again, not in real football, not exactly an exciting threat uh, to the Chargers, I would think. So for me, really, I guess, you know, you, you got to look at the wide receiver and the tight end group. They're elite. That, that's a that's a group that's really going to be tough for us to, to guard. 
uh, you know, while they are all elite, you know, it's more of a sum of the parts kind of thing. Cause I think we've already established that not a single one of them is better than Keenan Allen, but together they make for a tough squad to cover. You know, it, it really, is going to come down to, I think Brady, you know, it is Brady going to be comfortable in that offense by the time we get there, or is he still going to be figuring things out? Because, you know, it, it, it's still a new offense for him. And it'll be the first time of him learning, um, the system, even though he's generally learned a lot of different new systems in the past, because the Patriots tend to be a team that likes to game plan for a specific opponent, he's still going to be learning a whole new system and a whole new set of coaches. So it's really going to depend on is Brady comfortable in the system? Is he productive? Can he produce outside of New England? Is Gronk really more than just a name anymore? Is he really still that killer player? So I I think that, you know, good offense, good O-line, solid D, it's a scary, scary situation. You know, one thing that is positive, the Chargers are going to be coming to this game. I think that they're going to have really gelled at this point. Offense, defense, all are going to be top-notch. But I just, you know, this game really worries me. See, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident with this one. Um, I don't know why (laughs) it's completely unfounded, but uh, I'm really not getting the Brady and Gronk turning the fortunes of the bucks around um a lot of a lot of evans and goodwin godwin sorry's um plays last year came from winston just yeeting the ball down the field and you're not going to get that from brady um and i i don't know i feel like it's going to take a while for them to get up to speed week four might be that little bit too early for them i don't see gronk being the complete powerhouse that he was especially when he's got players like elliot mentioned you've got Brait and um i'm blanking on the other guy's name even though i said it along with you oj howard yes um when you've got Brait and howard um in the wings who are going to be desperate for those snaps to show that they can outplay gronk that 24 7 champion that he is um i'd also written down as as you mentioned john uh Dare Ogunbowale um, as one of my guys who could shine for this game for the Bucks, but I, I just have a feeling that this is going to be Kenneth Murray's coming out game. This is going to be his his show. I, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, again, no reason to believe this other than just sheer hope. That's what we live on: is complete hope and foolery. Um, but sorry, but box. Uh, sorry, the the box uh, schedule is the Saints. Uh, Panthers, Broncos, and us. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, that game. Agreed. It's going to be a good first quarter, to be fair. There's some good matchups. There's some challenges. There's some big question marks. We just don't know. You know, there's some bis- 2020 has been the year of change. Um, I think what's happened is Brady left the Patriots and he caused the world to destroy itself and infect itself with COVID because he did this. Um, I'm going <laughs> to ask you guys to... Um, we're going to review our predictions at the end of the season and we're going to see who is the champion who's the who's the winner so i'm going to ask you all to give your win loss predictions and score if you feel like you wish to uh, for each of the four games of the season we'll start off with the bengal's game um john uh was i will send to you uh win 31 to 6 <laughs> that is bold. This is, I know where I know where this is headed. I mean, that is oof, very bold. Uh, Jesus, well, that is hot. Starting hot. I mean, really starting hot. Okay, if, if, 
if any, if you can do it against any team, you know, start with the Bengals who had first pick. Uh, what about you, John? Are you on the same page there? I definitely have this as a win for the Chargers. I think with a rookie quarterback, a young head coach, a really bad O-line, and our defense, it's just a recipe for success for the Chargers to come out of the gates with a win. I think that they do win this one, 20-13. However, I do think the nice. offense stumbles out of the gate. I think that they only score 13 points with that last seven coming from a pick six. Likewise, I've written 2013, um, win for the Chargers. Uh, I don't see us really firing on all cylinders at the start of the season, but I think we do enough to get the win, and I think we rack up 20 points in the process. 6-3, I must be pessimistic about Bosis re-signing, pessimistic about Allen signing, pessimistic... <laughs> I've got 17-14. I think I mentioned it in my in my thing. I don't think we're going to be a high-scoring offence. I think Burrow is going to launch a cup, at least two balls down the field that Green and Boyd will get, will get for touchdowns. I think we will have to drive and score a field goal. And the money badge is going to bring it home for us. We'll win that one, 17-14. Right, Chiefs was... You get the honour to go first because we know who you have winning. But what score do you have as well? I've got this as a shutout. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I will eat my hat live on the podcast if I've that got... happens. <laughs> oh, dear. So I've got this as a 24-21 win. Microwave tea for everyone if that happens. <laughs> I've got this as a 24-21 win for the Chargers. Wow. Well, that's you'd be 2-0 and oh so far, so I like that. Yeah. Yep. John, are you, are you as confident or are you uh, the other way? I think when it's all said and done, the Chargers are just going to not be able to stop Patrick Mahomes in this offense. I think that is going to be the real trouble here. I think the offense and the defense are going to have a very solid showing. I just don't think that there's going to be enough firepower on the offensive side to keep up with the Chiefs. I think that they're just going to be too much for us this early in the season. I think their continuity is going to play out really well here for them. They're going to have familiarity. They're going to be able to put things together. I think we're still going to be figuring it out and I think we lose 24-17. And I've also gone for a Chiefs win but I've gone for 34-23. So feeling optimistic that we can we can score just not optimistic that we'll manage to keep up with them. Well I'm letting you all down again. I've been pessimistic. I'm going for Chiefs 31, Chargers 7. <laughs> and I think that... <laughs> you, 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 guys, you guys are breaking me. <laughs> I, I just think this is... You know what Tyrod's like? If you've seen him, he's conservative and they can play to that. They're going to force him to make shots down the field and he's not going to do it. And there'll be lots of question marks after week two. On this podcast, we will be talking about is it time for Justin Herbert? We'll probably say no. But um, that, that those questions will happen. Um, we'll struggle to get on the board. Well, um, look, guys... When the Chiefs lose in week two, you guys, all three of you, for the rest of the podcast, the rest of the season, until the Super Bowl, have to drink water. <laughs> I think that's a, a fair thing. I will take that bet. Um, okay. Feeling confident. Don't hate it, hydrate it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh, Jesus wept. So, um, who's next? Panthers. Win. 28-10. Wait, what? 
Was what do you have this high-powered offense uh, with Terod Taylor scoring well, in the I've, first I've already, three I've games already, total? 20, I've already told you, okay? Panthers, they're coming to this 0-2. They're going to be a top-six pick next season. <laughs> you predicted a great... Don't forget, John. I'm going. Also, you did predict a great season for Tyrod. So uh, we're taking some of your advice. I'm as bullish as anyone on Terod Taylor and the offense this year, but you've got him scoring like 28 points a game. I don't think Terod's ever led an offense that has scored anywhere near that on nice. average in his entire career. Cool. It's, it's all, it's, Shane Steich has got this all worked out. We'll be cool. <laughs> We've got to be optimistic. And Shane, we trust. Okay. Yeah, I'm really positive about this game too. I think the Chargers score the most offensive points that they do in the first quarter of the season. A big 24 points, no defensive touchdowns needed. I think the defense shows out against this mediocre offense, and I think that our defense holds them to a meager 10 points. That only touchdown coming from a CMC special, probably a Teddy B jump off. CMC takes it to the house, has to juke out our elite safety, Rayshon Jenkins on the way there, but uh, I just I, I just don't feel like there's going to be a big threat by the Panthers in this one. You know, the Chargers are going to be coming into this game, two home games in a row. The Panthers are this is going to be their second road game in a row. They're traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast. I mean, that is just that is a recipe for the Chargers to really show out in this game, put everything together. I think this is going to be in the first quarter. I think this is going to be our showpiece game that really gets everybody behind the Chargers. And I think it's just an all-around great team victory. What's this thing you talk about? A home game? Never heard of it. I mean, there probably won't be fans there. Okay, so. maybe I meant to say second. <laughs> I, I've I've got a similar game. train of thought here. I've got um, Chargers twenty-four, Panthers thirteen. Um, Again, thinking it will be McCaffrey. Um, no faith in the defense. Faith in the defense, but also faith in McCaffrey. He's, he's, he's quality, and and I'm, you know, if I got first pick, he's my pick. So um, don't sleep on me. Um, I've gone again a little bit closer. I think Bridgewater can move the offense, and I think this is going to be a really one of those typical Chargers games. That's frustrating that we turn the ball over and we get behind early something like 14-0 in the first quarter. Um, but I think we pull it back and actually it defines us that we can grind out a win for another money badger, over 50-yard field goal. 2017, we win. I mean, last time we played the Panthers, we started punt, fumble, punt, pick, punt, fumble. So we've got previous. <laughs> yeah, but that defense had Luke Keekly, a couple other pieces. I mean, they're not the same defense. I think that this defense in 2020 is just going to be really, really bad. Um, you know, not very many people actually have any confidence in the Panthers either. I think they're betting favorites to go under five and a half wins. And, you know, I could see this team really coming in, um, you know, just ready to break. You know, every team starts out confident when the year starts. But I can see them in their first game against the Vegas Raiders losing because Las Vegas has a little bit more continuity than them. And then game two, they're playing at Tampa Bay. I could see Tom Brady having maybe a rough start in that first game as he tries to kind of shake off the rust. I could see him using the game against Carolina as a statement piece for himself to show the league that he is still guided and he is still a force to be reckoned with. So I think, you know, you've got those two tough games 
And then I see them having difficulty with that East Coast to West Coast travel after, you know, already being on the road the previous week against Tampa Bay. So I just don't have very much confidence that this Carolina team is going to have much left in them from a confidence standpoint. I can see this as being kind of maybe a close game at half, but I just, after this game, I think they're 0-3, and I think the Panthers are just on their way to a top six pick. That sounds like a potential first pick you're, you're talking about there. I mean, maybe. <laughs> uh, right, so that leads us to um, the New England Patriots reserves, a.k.a. Tom Brady FC, the Buccaneers. This is going to be a close game. I think we uh, we trip trip ourselves up here and we lose 28-24. Ooh. That is, that is a tough one to swallow. So this game really gives me a lot of pause. I, I, I can really see it going either way. I could see the Chargers going in there with a lot of confidence, firing on all cylinders on offense and defense after the great game they just had versus Carolina. And I could see them handling business and taking home victory. Uh, however, I can also see our good friend, the old goat, Tom Brady, um, just putting on a show against us because for some reason, no matter what we do to prepare for him, he always seems to have our number. You know, I just, there's a, but there's just so many question marks, you know, what, what does that offense really look like under Brady? Is that defense as good as they seem to look last year? You know, what's the deal with Gronk? Is he going to be the Gronk of the past or is he going to be, you know, just, beaten down after three games and having not been in real good shape and going, Hey, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go back to wrestling. You know, there's just so many question marks for this game that it's really hard to kind of put my finger on. Is this for sure a win or not? Or not? To be honest though, I do really see this being a, a close game. I see the Chargers really riding their defense and, and trying to carry them to the victory via a defensive struggle. I see yeah. the Chargers having the lead late. Unfortunately, I also see Brady pulling a Brady and coming back to beat us in the fourth quarter, 21 to 20. So I'm nearly there with you. I've got us winning 2017. Whoa! I, I think we're going to be... I think the Bucks are going to be in it right to the end. They'll have that two-minute drive with Brady, but this is where Kenneth Murray steps up. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Can I change my answer? I mean, it could either way. This really is a toss-up game for me. It was really hard for me to come up with a winner. So, so, ditto. Ditto, John. But if I'd have gone 4-0, you, look, you guys would have beaten me. So. <laughs> you chickened out, mate. You chickened out. Um, I've got... I, I was on the way for the Chiefs to get in a 50-burger, I'll tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got um, I've got a depressing game of 14-28 to the Bucks. I think Tom Brady has a number. What? I think they line up three tight end sets. They smash us all over the field. I think our D can't handle the short passes just like it couldn't handle it when we face the New England Patriots in the playoffs. And they just handle their business and, and we lose. And the big question marks happen with all four games of we've scored 20 points or less. Is it time for Justin Herbert? So, um, guys, what does that make? You've gone 3-1, and one, was Is that right? Correct. John Ayers. I've got a solid 500, 2-2. Two and two. Dan. Three and one from me. Uh, and I've also gone two and two. So, look, we all think we're going to be 500 or above, which is pretty decent. Um, we're going to stick our uh, necks in the line and uh, follow this through and see who's closest at the end of the season. That's all from this week. Thank you for, for listening, guys. Where can we find you on the socials? 
at endzone85, sponsored by Evian Water. You can find me at Adroit Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate. I'm at UKLA Chargers. And I'm at Bez the Spaniard. And the podcast is at Charged Up Pod. Check us out. Check out the website, www.chargeduppodcast.com. Plenty of articles coming out. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks while I sun myself over in mainland Europe. And thank you for listening. Have a great evening. Don't hate it, hydrate it.